My friend, you're here because you want English skills that help you connect with people on a deeper level. So join the free accent training community on school.com today and get some momentum going with your American accent development. Open the link in the description and request to join the free accent training community while spots are available, my friend. Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your spoken English. My name is Pat. I'm from Toronto, Canada, as you well know by now. And I'm back down here in Mexico, ready to work, ready to deliver my product to you, which is the American accent. And today I want to talk about a particular component of the American accent that stumps everybody. Today we're going to take a look at three different sounds. When we've got a fricative, like an S, fricative is something that flows out. So we got a fricative, like an S. And then we've got a stop consonant, like a T. And then another fricative, another S. This is tricky. This is tricky. We hear this in words like rusts, risks, asks. This guy asks a lot of questions. And trust me, a student who asks a lot of questions learns a lot more. So you want to be the guy that asks a lot of questions. But do you have a hard time saying that word yourself? Asks. Asks. Well, we're going to break it down right here today so that you can put that difficulty behind you. Now, before we do that today, I would just like to say thank you very much for your time today. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure that you hit subscribe because then you will know before others when these tips come out and you'll be able to apply them immediately to your life. Imagine that you were subscribed and so you were notified as soon as this episode came out and right then you gave it a quick little listen, then you get home, you put on a movie and you can start to hear the things that we talk about today in that movie and then you can start to apply them because you'll have a better time recognizing them. So hit subscribe to this episode because you you don't want to miss a thing. Now the other reason why you don't want to miss a thing is because I've got some great stuff coming out in the days to come. I've got a website. I've got my domain name for the website that is to be announced very soon. I'll put out a few freebies there, a couple little video lessons. I'll put on some freebies so that you can get a good feel for it. And hey, if you like what you find there and you want to take things to another level, you could buy a subscription to see the rest. That is to be released very soon, and so that's why you want to be subscribed to this podcast so that you can know as soon as that information comes out. Anyway, enough of the chit-chat. Let's get down to the good stuff. Let's get into this fantastic lesson that I've got for you today. Today we're going to talk about some consonant clusters. Consonant clusters. What are consonant clusters? Well, this is when we've got three consonants together. What is a consonant? A consonant is any letter that's not a vowel. When we have three consonants together, a lot of people will often drop one of them, at least one of them. 
That's a habit that we want to overcome because when you drop one of them, you may sometimes say an entirely different word. Or it may sound as though you're not conjugating certain words correctly. And, of course, you've studied English for so long, you've gotten to this point, you don't want to hold your English back due to a lack of muscle memory. Because you can develop your muscle memory. That's up to you. So what we're going to talk about here are three different consonant clusters. SKS, SPS, and STS. These sounds are tricky. So don't rush yourself. Take it very slowly so that your muscles can adapt. We're going to start... By pronouncing each of these in super slow motion, very slowly. And then we're going to get a little bit quicker as we move along to get to make it sound more natural. You see, the trick to this is by first just making an S and stretching it out. Then pausing the airflow using whatever stop consonant is necessary. And stop consonants would be the letters K... P, P, or T, T. We call these stop consonants because in order to pronounce those letters, we stop the air and then we release it as a little burst of air. K, P, T. Now maybe that sounds a little uncomfortable hearing it uh, over a podcast, that sound so stretched out. But I've really got to drive the point home that in order to make those, the air stops and then it releases. That makes it a stop consonant. There are three voiceless stop consonants, three voiced stop consonants. But there are only three positions that we use. So you've got P and B, P, B, T and D, T, D, K and G, K, G. But today we're only going to worry about K, P, and T, voiceless stop consonants. Okay, so now we've got the words consonant, we understand the words stop consonants, and we understand that S is not a stop consonant. S is fricative. It flows out. There's a flow of air that pushes the sound out between the tongue and teeth. So what we're going to do here is we are going to make an S. We're going to cut off the airflow in the area of the mouth, used by each stop consonant. And then we're going to release the S again. So let's start with the letter K. K, K, K. Made in the back of the mouth, the back of the tongue rises up, touches the soft palate, builds up air, and then bursts it out. K, K. We are going to put the K between two S sounds. We make an S, we make a K, K, and then we make another S. Let's give it a shot. You make an S, you stop the airflow, you make a K. And then you make another S. Now we're going to put this into some words in slow motion. Slow motion. So let's see. Ass. 
You hear that? Ask. It's not axe, nor is it just ask. You wouldn't want to just say, he asks too many questions. A lot of people will say that. Ask. Well, we want to get it stretched out. It's all about focus. Ask. Ask. And then you get it a little quicker. Asks. 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 It's the same movement. It's the same movement. We're just piecing it together to be very quick. Here's another word here. Risk. 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 Risks. 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 Manage your risks. Here's one more with the asks. Asks. Tasks. 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 I have a few tasks for you. I have a few tasks for you. Tasks. So that's the SKS. We make an S, we make a K, and then we make another S. Now the next sound that we're going to consider uses a different consonant sound. This one has an S, T, S. However, the T is not released like a true T. It doesn't come out... That would sound a little forced. We rather make an S, a quick little stop, and then continue with the second S. The tongue goes to the T position where it stops the air. As mentioned, T being a stop consonant, if it's held and not released... It's going to just stop. The position for T, by the way, is when we put the tongue just behind the teeth. The same way that we practiced that K, we want to practice this T. Making it long in the beginning, a quick little stop, and then releasing a second S. What words would we use an STS for? Well, one, which is pretty common, 
posts. 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 Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this accent training experience. And you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. For example, Instagram posts. Lamp posts. Posts. Making that The tongue goes up and stops the air. And then releasing a second Another word with the STS, we have forests. 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 Dense forests. Canada, my country, Canada has dense forests. Dense forests. STS. One more quick example. Artists. 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 When you get it quickly, artists. It's all about getting the muscle movement. Starting slow and getting it quicker. Artists. Artists are welcome. Artists are welcome. Artists are welcome. So we're getting this down now. You can feel the difference there. The S, the pause, and then the S to make an STS. Or an S, a K, and an S to make a Whether it's an STS or an SKS, it's all about that pattern. S, stop consonant, S. And this final consonant cluster that we're going to consider here is an SPS. 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 What am I doing here? Well, this is following the same pattern as the other two. First, making an S, making a quick P sound, and then making a second S. All about starting very slowly, letting your muscles get used to the movement, and then picking it up and going quickly. Let's see a handful of words that's handy with. First off, the word wasps. Wasps. Watch out for wasps. Wasps. What are wasps, by the way? Well, those are those angry little bees. The ones that'll sting you if you get too close to the nest. Nests. A wasp's nest. Wasp's nest. Wow, that's a tricky one, eh? Wasp's nests. We'll get to those in a moment. Let's see another SPS. 
grasps, grasps. She grasps on tightly, grasps. What does that one mean? Grasps. Grasping something is to grab it tightly, grab it with lots of force. Grasps. I've got one more word here with that s p s. The word lisps, lisps. A lisp is a way of speaking. It's kind of a speech impediment, or it's considered a speech impediment in English. Although many people live their lives just fine speaking with a lisp. A lisp is when you speak with your tongue between your teeth like this, sounding all of your s's and z's through your teeth. We hear this also in Spanish accents. People from Barcelona, you may notice that they speak with a lisp. So go ahead and repeat after me. Lisps, lisps. All their kids have lisps. All their kids have lisps. Sps. I mean, it may happen, right? If the mom and dad both have lisps, why wouldn't their kids have lisps? They might grow up speaking like that as well. Lisps. So here's what we're gonna do next. I'm going to read out each of these sentences, and I invite you to read it back along with me, just like always, just like I have in all the other podcast episodes. So let's get right to it because I have a lot of fun reading these sentences out. Here's a quick little phrase here: I make playlists of singers with lisps. It's a bit of a long one, but look down in the description. You'll find this there. Repeat that with me again. I make playlists of singers with lisps. Here's another here. Tasks with risks are how philanthropists make money. Tasks with risks are how philanthropists make money. Tricky, tricky one. Another fun one here. Four in this next one here. So get ready. It's better if he asks before he grasps the wasps' nests. And one more for you. Security frisks people at the entrance looking for flasks. What is frisking? What does that mean? Frisks. Security frisks. Well, this is what happens when your body is quickly searched, when you're patted down. This sometimes happens in the airport with security in the airport, or it can happen if you're trying to get into a nightclub. Quite often in nightclubs in my city, they just give you a quick pat down, make sure that you're not bringing in anything that you shouldn't, such as flasks. What are flasks? Well, flasks are small bottles designed for sneaking around alcohol. Pretty much, it's a small bottle that you fill with alcohol, and it's easily concealed. So it's something people often won't find on you. Flasks. Okay, so let's take it up a notch now. Idiomatic expressions. I know people like idiomatic expressions. If you've listened to this episode this far, it's because of two things: one, you take your English seriously, and two, you want to learn some idiomatic expressions. So I'm not holding back on you. Let's take a look at a few. The first one I want to say is rats' nests. Rats' nests. You'll notice I'm going to make everything plural 
because it would normally be this is a rat's nest. But for the sake of this lesson, we'll say nests. Rat's nests. Such as, we searched for a book in the rat's nests of offices. The rat's nests of offices. What does that mean? Does that mean that rats are occupying an office? I sure hope not. No, it actually means something that is disorderly. Or possibly something that is overcomplicated. So, you know, a bedroom. You could say it looks like a rat's nest. Or you could also say it looks like a pigsty. A pigsty, a rat's nest. It means... You know, your living conditions are a little messy. They're, they're comparable to that of a filthy animal. Anyway, rat's nests. See a couple more here. Rusts away. Rusts away. He'll watch as his car rusts away if it isn't taken care of. Rusts away. This means something has come to be covered in rust. Have you ever had a bicycle? That you left out in the rain over the winter. And then what happens when you go to get on it? It's rusted away. The chain, everything. It just rusts away. Same thing will happen to your car. So take good care of it. Because it rusts away. Another one here. Uphill tasks. Uphill tasks. Planning a wedding involves many uphill tasks. What does that mean? Well, that is something that becomes progressively more challenging. If you've planned your own wedding, or if you plan on planning your own wedding in the future, well, sure, you may save a few bucks. You may save a few dollars. I tried planning my own wedding. I figured, hey, I'd rather put the money into having fun, not put the money into uh, just making somebody organize things. Well, you know what? It's more fun when things are organized. I'll tell you what. So... If you want to avoid some uphill tasks in the future, hire a wedding planner. Okay, those are your idiomatic expressions for today. I'm happy to have had the opportunity to share them with you because idiomatic expressions, as I've said in the past, give a little color to your language. They help you express yourself the way that native speakers do. Do these idioms always make sense? No, none of them do. Alone, they just sound silly. But when you put the idiom in context, it's given a completely different meaning than the words would alone. So get used to these idioms because believe me, Americans are using them. I use them all the time without even thinking about it. Sometimes I'm editing an episode and I realize, oh, that's an idiom. Nobody knows what that means. And I hear another. That, there's another idiom. There's another. Try to spot all the idioms that I use in episodes. And actually, th that would be a pretty good exercise to make sure that your skill in English never rusts away. So idiomatic expressions, keep an ear out for them. Keep watching for them because we use them and they most certainly help boost your spoken English skills. Anyway, today's episode is coming to an end. Thank you very much for your time. I am overjoyed that you've taken time out of your day just to listen to me just to hear what I've got to say, and I think that was great of you. I think that that was an intelligent thing of you to do. So keep doing that. Check out more episodes that you haven't heard, and make sure that you hit subscribe, because there are many good things to come in the future. Anyway, I'm going to get to wrapping this one up for today. Enjoy your day. 
enjoy whatever it is that you're doing. I hope that you're doing something that you can enjoy. And if you're not doing something that you enjoy, maybe for work or whatever, I sincerely hope that the skills that you learn listening to this podcast help you on the path towards doing things that you do enjoy. Wouldn't that be nice if you could just use some of this free information that you've got, use it to boost your knowledge so that you can pursue your dreams and you can do things that you do enjoy. I mean, maybe this is this is just one piece of the puzzle. This is just one step, but it doesn't hurt to have these skills, right? Anyway, enjoy your meals of the day. Enjoy everything that you're doing wherever you are in the world. And have a good one. I'm opening my doors of enrollment for the month of May. I've got five accent training spots available for five accent learners who want to see predictable progress learning to communicate in English with the same habits, the same patterns, and the same sounds that Americans use naturally. I've got limited space available this month, my friend. So apply right now through the link in the description if it's important for you to learn to speak English in the way that Americans listen for.